Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Invest Talk. This is our Monday, November 19th, 2018 edition of Invest Talk. And it's the story no one could ignore here in the West, and it's about the California wildfire fire tragedies. Uh, it's pretty awful. More than a thousand people missing and over 10,000 homes destroyed. And, you know, that the cost of the fires has had a well, uh, and will continue to have a heavy human and financial toll. Insurance companies are going to be paying out some serious dollar claims, uh, as well as maybe some utilities as well. And for those of us not in deadly jeopardy, we may be thinking about Thanksgiving. It's only three days away, and I'm guessing many of our Invest Talk listeners will be gathering with family and friends. I know I will be. And I'm Justin Klein, and I welcome you to Invest Talk. This is the weekday financial program that has one clear objective. That's helping you grow and protect your investments. And of course, we welcome your calls, either live or after hours, at 888-99-CHART. We want to hear what's on your mind. I can talk about all the crazy things that are going on uh, in the market, but how much of it pertains to you specifically. So your specific questions will definitely help us direct the conversation in the most helpful way for, for everyone. Now, the airlines are expected to have a wonderful Thanksgiving with a record travel booked. And in spite of this, many airline stocks were down, even Southwest, slightly. Facebook is at a two-year low. Big tech stocks taking a hit. And once again, the FANG stocks are being slaughtered today. I've been talking about this for a couple months now. Tech is not where where it, where you need to be, or where you should be. I know it's the exciting place. I know it's the most interesting place. But to me, you know what's interesting? It's places where you make money, not lose money. That's what's interesting to me. So with the Dow headed down, the big concern were trade and lower expected demand for Apple iPhone models. And Apple's announced iPhone production cut. That put uh, Apple down a little bit. Now, the economy is still growing, but at a lower rate. And a lot of that has to do with the prices of homes, the supply of homes, the sales activity of homes. And that's a decent factor to the slowdown in the economy. But just higher cost of capital across the board. And that's the real reason why we're having a tech sell-off. When interest rates are higher, when the discount rate is higher, the value of growth in the future goes down. And that's why tech stocks and growth stocks have been doing well for the past seven, eight years because interest rates were next to nothing. And the value of the future growth was very high today. Uh, and I know that's a complex
thought process for many of you, but it's an important one to understand because you're going to hear a lot of headlines, a lot of chatter about, oh, trade wars or, oh, demand is lower. And obviously always demand has a factor. But the big reason why we're having price compression and multiple compression has to do with higher interest rates, higher cost of capital. Here's a story that caught our attention. A legendary hedge fund boss who predicted the 1987 market crash has warned investors to get ready for some real scary moments. Is he right? Talking about Stanley Drunk, Drunken Miller, I'm going to take a look in a few minutes about that. But before I get to that, let's take mo let's make time for a caller question, and you know our number. It's eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, my name is Ping. I'd like to thank you for the show. Uh, I have a question about a mutual fund. B like David, B like boy, A like apple. I bought it high, and I want to know: should I keep it or should I sell it? Thank you, and have a good day. Uh, was that DBA? I believe that's what she was saying. DBA, D like boy, B like, or D like David, B like boy, A like apple. Uh, that's the Invesco, correct? Okay. Uh, uh, that was the agricultural ETF, DBA. And this is really a bet on commodities as a whole. And with the dollar getting stronger recently, uh, this space is kind of taking a hit, but things are turning around a little bit for the commodity space. Uh, last year, you had a lar or last week, excuse me, you had a large reversal in the commodity space, and you know agriculture has been depressed for some time, and I think now is a good time to be in agriculture. Uh, you're making a, a higher low uh, after a decent rally uh, back in you know October. Really, it's been rallying ever since the market's been selling off, uh, along with a lot of commodity names. So I like DBA. I like the commodity space. I like the precious metal space. Uh, the dollar seems to be losing some steam uh, as the market goes lower because as the market goes lower, the higher likelihood that the Fed will now pause. They will not be raising rates as many times in the next year as they're saying. Now, are they going to raise rates in December? I think still likely, unless there's something really catastrophic with the markets uh, going in the next uh, three to four weeks, which is certainly possible. You know, today is a uh, not a good sign of that of where the market is headed. But uh, I still think it's going to take a lot for the Fed to back off that raise. Now. Uh, I could see if the market is having major problems and you're continuing to see the, 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 the problems in the system that we're seeing right now, you could easily see the Fed raising in December and hinting at a pause, right? Saying we're going to wait until there's a clearer picture on the economy, etc. And uh, at that time, you probably see the dollar weaken, maybe rates come off a little bit, uh, maybe get the 10-year back below 3%. Uh, and you know the Fed will be on hold uh, for a little bit, and I think that scenario is becoming more and more likely. And in that case, you're going to start to see the dollar weaken, like I said, and commodities really start to pick up. Uh, and the recent strength in that space is telling me that's becoming more and more likely. 
So I like DBA. Now, Paul Tudor Jones is a well-known hedge fund luminary. I talked about that earlier. Jones is widely credited of predicting the stock market crash of October 19th, 1987. That's when the Dow lost 23% of its value in one day. Yes, 23% of its value in one day, marking the largest one-day percentage decline for the Dow in its history. Okay, think about that. 20 3%, almost a quarter of the Dow was wiped out in one day. So uh, it was anybody that's not a student of market history, it was pretty much the biggest crash in the market uh, other than 1929. And 29 was a little more protracted, many more days uh, uh, to that sell off there uh, and, and crash in the market. But the Dow was, or the 1987 was uh, very similar. Uh, in a lot of ways, except the Fed stepped in quicker and they did a little different things to really support the market and the market quickly bounced back. But, um, you know, in, in, in 1980, Paul Tudor uh, Jones became known for trading everything from currencies to commodities. And in the past, Jones has said he believes that the bonds and stocks are overvalued in an environment that we've been underpinned by easy money monetary policy from central banks across the globe which is pretty much what I've been saying. Uh, to me, Paul Tudor Jones is the guy. Uh, if I'm following somebody, what somebody's saying uh, outside of my own, our own research at KPP and uh, et cetera and InvestTalk, then I'm looking at what Paul Tudor Jones is saying. And he's been saying this for a little while now, to be frank. Uh, and I think he is right, <laughs> once again. Uh, now, how bad will it get? I don't know. I can't tell you. But he expects a tumultuous, tumultuous road ahead on the back of Federal Reserve apparent commitment to normalizing interest rates. And he believes that the Fed faces real challenges amid the end of the 10-year run of economic growth that many anticipate will soon come to a screeching halt. And I agree. GDP this quarter is likely going to be closer to 2%, which is where we were um, back in, uh, you know, before Trump was elected and even for the first few quarters of Trump's election, uh, he really wasn't, uh, the, the economy didn't really take off until we had the tax cuts, right? Uh, and the fourth quarter had some benefits of, of, of last year, I mean, uh, of the tax cuts because of moving things forward, costs or expenses, etc. cetera. Uh, and so you've had these four quarters from the fourth quarter of last year to the third quarter of this year of tailwinds of tax cuts. And now you're having the opposite effect. You're going into the last, uh, into the next year with not only no tax cuts, right? It's still the same, but it's not an additional boost to the economy like it was this year, right? And then you're comparing economic growth to 2018, right? So Q1 2019 is going to look at Q1 2018, and the growth is going to be much slower, and it's going to threaten a negative growth rate in GDP at some point next year. Now, do we get there? Does that mean a recession? Uh, a lot has to happen, uh, but I think we are on that trend, especially if the Fed continues to tighten rates. I'm Justin Klein, and I invite you to check out our new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy. It is open now. Steve and I are looking forward to making Invest Talk Academy a valuable learning tool for serious investors, and you can learn more about it at investtalkacademy.com.
But now I'm ready to take your questions. I want to know what is on your mind. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Thanksgiving will be here before you know it, and if you can carve out any private time over the holiday, you might want to review the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And you can do this anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Now, today's main talking point is you should systematically reduce your debt obligations, and you do this by executing a strategy for debt repayment, especially when you're dealing with more than a single loan balance. So I'll give you my perspective on uh, how to get on a better financial footing if you do have some debt. Some of our other topics as well, I want to talk about uh, the tech wreck, <laughs> really, and a... Silicon Valley Luminary had some really interesting things to say about the tech sector right now. And we're going to get to that. Also, junk bonds. Junk bonds. We've been talking about how people are reaching for yield. People are exposing themselves to too much risk because they are just trying to go after that singular thing, yield. I want 6%, 7% yield on my investment without understanding the risks that they are exposed to. And they think, oh, bonds, bonds are safe. Well, junk bonds are not. Uh, and so we're going to talk about what's happened recently in the junk bond market and why that is important, not only to your portfolio, but uh, the market as a whole. Also, lastly, the inventor of the 401k is saying we need to kind of start over. Uh, and it's kind of lost its way. I'm going to talk about why that might be if we have time. But ultimately, I want to know what's on your mind. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have a singular mission here, and that's to help you grow and protect your investments. To get started, I encourage you to take our free risk tolerance quiz at investtalk.com. Phone lines are open. I'm ready for your questions. Give us a call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Here's a reminder about the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox every Friday. The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. It's a good news tool for serious investors. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to James in New York. He's looking at Blue Links Holdings. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. What do you do? You own Blue Links Holdings? You looking to buy it? What is it? Oh, actually, I was looking to buy. Actually, it's called Blue Green. B X G is the uh, ticker on that. Blue Green. Got it. I got the I got the wrong uh, one. I got the wrong one. Okay. And I was looking at it. I see it's um a fairly low PE. Uh, pays a little dividend. I was wondering if you see any value at it uh, at this point, this price point, where it is now. 
or um, really could be a short or long term. I'm not really either way. Uh, I was just wondering if you saw any value in it. Okay, this is Blue Green Vacations Corp. BG. Or sorry, BXG is the symbol. I thought it was BXC. Uh, offers vacation ownership interest in 43 company-owned and 24 club associate resorts. Uh, so this is uh, a timeshare company, uh, and this is a stock that has dropped dramatically uh, off from a $26 high down to $11.44. Uh, revenue is growing 4% year over year. Earnings are growing, uh, yields 5.2%. Let me see what their cash flows look like, their debt uh, look like, because those those are the most important. Uh, decent amount of debt. Uh, its payout ratio is only 25%, but its cash dividend payout ratio is 99%, meaning it's paying all, basically all its cash flows out as a dividend. And I don't think that is sustainable, especially in a time like this. And the market is telling you that this is uh, not a good time for a company like this. And they went recently IPO. So uh, the lockup periods are over. People, uh, the insiders are selling. And they're getting out in mass. So I would not be buying this company. I would be sh staying far, far away from BXG blue green vacations okay james thanks for calling let's go to vitaly in atlanta he's asking where to invest yeah um i hear you guys talking about utilities but i wanted to know i want to research other sectors that are also safe during the down market times as well as recession yeah well the utilities are definitely one of them uh the other would be consumer staples uh, companies that uh, don't really have a, a cyclical business, uh, hopefully ones that have little or, or minimal debt. Uh, those are the type of companies I would be looking for uh, to, to buy right now. Maybe some, some REITs, some um, specific REITs, uh, non-cyclical REITs, like maybe healthcare REITs where they uh, invest in or operate uh, assisted living facilities, things like that. Uh, I would be looking for those type of opportunities. At least that's where we're looking for opportunities for our clients. Okay, gotcha. And also, I was wondering if you can take a look at Campbell Soups. Okay. CPB is the symbol. And this is would be one of those, right? It would be a consumer staple name. Uh, they, now, they've been having some rough go of it lately for uh, multiple reasons. Uh, but you're probably after the, the dividend and just something that's going to go up, right, in this time. Yep. Okay. Uh, I like it. Uh, my biggest issue with Campbell is their debt level. Uh, they do have a lot of debt on their balance sheet, uh, but their, and their business is not doing fantastic, but it's not deteriorating dramatically either, and I think it would take a long time for a name uh, like this to deteriorate dramatically. So uh, their, their peak in earnings was 2016 at $2, or sorry, $2,017 at $3.04. This year, they're going to make 286 Next year, 242 The year after that, supposed to make 259 So their business is starting to level off, but uh, at a level that is doing okay, right? It's... It's, it's not going to blow your socks off, but this is an environment where you want companies that don't blow your socks off, right? You want the boring ones like Campbell Soup. Uh, return equity is high, 16%. Uh, yields about 3.5%. They have about $10 billion in debt, which is a worry, but their 
cash flow is positive. Uh, and so I like Campbell Soup uh, at these levels. Uh, I think it's uh, the type of name you want. I worry a little about the debt, but as long as that cash flow can stay trending higher, stay positive, I think you're doing, you'll do all right. And so if I currently own it and I'm like averaged at a higher rate, would you recommend averaging down and purchasing more at this point? Well, I usually don't. I usually say you don't want to average down, but yeah, I would. Um, the technically, it, it's reversed back in late June, July uh, timeframe, and it's been consolidating those gains. And uh, in a market, especially in a market that uh, has been going sideways, uh, I think that's a positive, and it's trying to uh, it, it's it's staying around its 200-day moving average and trying to break through that. And so, to me, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it looks positive. So. As long as you're keeping a, a a portion of your portfolio, no more than maybe five percent, uh, then I wouldn't mind uh, increasing your position. Great, thank you, Justin. Thanks for the call, Vitaly. That was Campbell Soup. CPB is the symbol, and I like it here. I think it's a, a good, solid name in this particular environment. Now tomorrow on Invest Talk, medical expenses are pushing more baby boomers into poverty and within 12 years, they might run out of money. That's tomorrow. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. Steve and Justin thank the InvestTalk listeners who made time to sit down with Steve recently in San Jose. If you missed out on the opportunity for your no-cost portfolio review with Steve, go to investtalk.com. Then over the InvestTalk menu link, scroll down to Portfolio Review. You have finance and investment questions? Justin's here, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 
888 chart 888 Now, our main talking point today is about debt reduction. Uh, and the median credit card debt in America is currently $2,300. And many, many families have lots of other types of debt, right? Obviously, mortgages, auto loans, student loans. Average mortgage is 178000 Average auto loans, twenty, almost 28000 And average student loans, 47000 and I get asked all the time, you know, uh, you know, I have a lot of debt, and I need to get myself back in better financial position. How, where do I start? What do I do? Uh, and the first step is always to list them out and rank them by two factors. One is interest rate, highest to lowest, and then lowest balance to highest balance. And there's two thought processes. One is obviously, math, obviously mathematically, you want to pay off the highest debt first, right? The highest interest debt, I apologize. Highest interest debt first, uh, because that's going to save you the most money. If you're not paying the interest, you are saving that money, right? You're not uh, incurring that uh, that liability uh, of uh, added debt. So you want to pay off the ones with the highest interest rate first. Now that's the logical mathematical one, but uh, a way of doing it. But the emotional thought process is the other way is to pay off the debt with the lowest balance first. And that could be a small credit card with $700 on it, right? And many people get a feeling of satisfaction and can be motivated more by paying off just one balance, one credit card, one debt that you might have and not having to worry about it again, right? Pay off that credit card, cut it up, move on to the next one. And moving down that list can be a way to really give you extra motivation, have a feeling of uh, that you accomplished something, things like that. So those are the two thought processes, processes that you need to go through and figure out which one's right for you. Are you just trying to save the most money and get through it the fastest? Or are you trying to boost your, uh, your, your, your confidence, boost your feeling of accomplishment by paying off the lowest balances and then going from there. Uh, then the next question is, should you pay off your mortgage? And for some people, it's a good thing. It's a smart thing. And for others, it may not be because of tax deductibility. Now, the tax cuts uh, of last year changed that. Right, change the tax deductibility for many people. About over half of those who used to itemize are no longer doing it, which means if you don't itemize anymore, then that tax that, that interest rate you're paying on your mortgage isn't helpful in any way. And you would be more you'd be benefited by paying down your mortgage, or at least the effective cost of your mortgage suddenly went up. Okay. Now, a lot of people will say, well, if I'm only borrowing at 3 or 4 or 5%, I can go invest that money and make more money in the markets, right? And they say, well, long term, there are certain averages that uh, are better, right? But the stock market can have negative or flat returns for an extended period of time, even other types of investments. And so you have to understand your investment time frame and your risk tolerance. Remember, when you're paying down any debt, including a mortgage, if you're not paying the interest, you're guaranteed to make that money. So is a guaranteed 4 or 5% on your mortgage better than a probable or possible 8, 9, or 10% in the stock market? Especially in this market. 
I think right now it's better to pay down debts. Let's go to Yvonne in San Jose, looking at NVIDIA. Yes. Um, last time I yes. Are you looking to short it? No, I actually I bought at very high price, two fifty. Now I'm thinking like whether you think the stock is going to drop more. What what is the bottom line? I can just buy more to balance a little bit. Are do you still own it? Yes. Why? I told you to sell it. This is not a name you want to be in. You want, this is going much, much lower. This is going into the double digits. This is going to $100 or lower. Yeah. Um, am I sure? No, I'm not 100% sure. But I was sure it was going, I was pretty sure it was going down at two something. And it's now it's at 145. And I'm pretty sure it's going to continue to lower. Now, could I be wrong? Sure. But I'm telling you, this is not an environment where you want tech stocks. This is not an environment where you want tech stocks. This is not an environment where you want tech stocks. And it's not going to end next week. No, no. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to listen to you. So, so you think even now one four four is okay? Is still not time to get into any tech stock? No, this is uh, now now are one out of a hundred going to be good? Sure. Uh, so you know, say that every single tech stock is going to go down? No. Um, and there are ones that are a little bit more maybe blue chip. Uh, like a, maybe an Intel, I'm not saying to go buy Intel, but you know, a company that hasn't been hyped up like an NVIDIA, right? And NVIDIA has been one of the most hyped and most uh, overvalued stocks in the market for some time. Uh, and people have been chasing returns. And there's a lot of what we call weak hands, right? There are weak hands in names like this. And it goes down and people freak out and panic out and suddenly they go from making 50% now they're flat and they just want to get out before they uh, you know, lose money and that pushes the stock down even more. So there's a lot of weak hands. It's a very cyclical business. It's a semiconductor business. Semiconductors go from making a ton of money right, uh, to oversupply and having to dump uh, inventory at low margins and sometimes negative margins and suddenly they lose money. Um, and so is NVIDIA a bad company? No, but is it worth $88 billion market cap? Probably not. Uh, I, don't, I kept to look up what its uh, enterprise value to, would be, but it's uh, it's pretty high. Uh, so no, Nvidia is not a name that I want to own right now. One day, sure. Is it a good company? Sure. Could I should I have it on my watch list when text? It's time for tech stocks. Sure. But today is not that day. It wasn't a week ago. It wasn't a month ago. And it's not going to be a, a week from now or a month from now. So no, Nvidia is not a name that I would own. It would be a name I would probably love to short. Uh, many places it's very hard to short it because. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of people are short Nvidia, uh, and I think it will continue to go down. So no, I would not be buying Nvidia here. Oh, Thanks for the call. Thank let's you. go to Raphael in New. Let's go to Raphael, New Jersey. He's looking at ASML. Yeah. Hi, Justin. How you doing? Doing great. What is ASML? Right, are you looking uh, to buy it, hold it, sell it? Um, I do not currently own. I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at a bunch of chips right now. Uh, a lot of these things have been just demolished, and I'm they're going to continue to be demolished. Correctly, you guys. They are going to. They are going to continue to be demolished. They are going to continue to be demolished. You do not want to be in these names, especially the ones that are high flyers, the ones that uh, have a lot of weak hands in them. This is uh, an environment where you do not want tech stocks. I've been saying that for a couple months now. Tech is over. Tech is over for the time being. 
You need to start looking for utilities, consumer staples, things that pay dividends, have low debt, not these names that are in very cyclical businesses like the tech stocks or tech industry and especially the chip industry. Now there are other select chip stocks that are good. Like I said, sure, there are, but ASML is not one of them. Stay away, move on, find something safer. Okay. Uh, Thanks for the call. Justin? Yes. Thank you. No problem. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time each weekday, and it's also available 24 7 via our archive podcast at investtalk.com. You can also subscribe to Invest Talk podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, then take hopefully take a second to rate and review. Now the lines are open and we're taking your finance and investing questions live. We have about ooh, 15 minutes left. So give us a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. And that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all InvestTalk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP premium newsletter, InvestTalk webinars, and the new online training class, InvestTalk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Give us a call. About 10 minutes left in the show. Let's talk a little bit uh, about tech again. Uh, but everyone's still calling about it. Everyone's still interested in tech, uh, even though they're probably getting their heads handed to them. Uh, and they feel like, oh, this, is going to, this isn't going to turn out. This is the start of the tech wreck. This is the start of, this is, we're in 2000, okay, if, from that perspective, right? Tech first bubble, tech bubble 1.0. We have been in tech bubble 2.0. The cost of capital has been so low. Everyone's chasing valuations. And even those that have seen the ups and downs of Silicon Valley, who's Steve Hoffman. This is a great article on Bloomberg. Steve Hoffman. He has helped propel names like Instagram, Etsy, Change.org, Foursquare, etc. He's the uh, head of one of the big venture capital firms up in Silicon Valley. I'm trying to remember the name of it. But uh, long story short, he's in his mid-50s, and he's been around a long time. And he often is called Captain Hoff, and he sounded decisively pessimistic when he was talking about the industry. He said that when it comes to his own money, he has plunked down very little as of late, and after a decade of soaring tech valuations and the recent 13% drop in the NASDAQ, he fears it will only get worse. And that's what I'm saying. It's, only, it's going to get worse from here, not better. And he said he's pulled out 80% of his money he had in the public markets, stock market, and 60% of what it's had in private markets, right? Those companies that aren't public. And he's parking it in cash. Now, many are still po positive in Silicon Valley, 
but only a few, like Hoffman, are this gloomy. Now, Netflix is down 35% from its record high. Amazon, 24%. Tencent, the Chinese uh, tech bellwether, down 40% from uh, its January high. Semiconductors are down 20% since early June. And they were kind of the canary in the coal mine. They're always the most cyclical when it comes to tech stocks, chip stocks. And they're going to look start looking cheap from a valuation st standpoint looking backwards. What you have to realize is te uh, chip stocks often go from making gobs of money in a good environment to losing gobs of money in a poor environment. And that's often happened, and that's what's going to happen going forward, and that's why you're seeing such a large sell-off. And this is having a profound effect on barrier real estate as well. And I've been saying this, we've been talking to clients, a lot of our clients are up in the Bay Area because of our radio station, KDOW, that's in Silicon Valley. So the go-go days where every new listing was bid up in the market uh, when it comes to t uh, real estate, they're gone. So, like I said, he's the founder of, that's what, Founder Square. Uh, so he's been around through both cycles, the first tech wreck, uh, the 2008 collapse, and he's he doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he thinks it's going to happen very soon, going to get worse relatively soon. And I agree with him. So I cannot iter I cannot emphasize, sorry, this enough. Tech is not the place to be. Let's go to Mike in San Jose asking about AT&T. Yes, Justin, I was wondering, I'm thinking about picking some up. What are your advice, please? Well, we like AT&T. We own it for uh, some many managed accounts. Uh, their acquisitions of late are kind of diversifying them away from you know just straight wireless uh, business. It yields about 6.6%. Now, they do have a lot of debt. Uh, so that's probably our biggest worry about AT&T. These acquisitions have created a good amount of debt. But I think they're they bought Time Warner. They're going to use HBO probably as a platform to uh, compete with the likes of Netflix. And you have 5G, which is the catalyst for um, incremental revenue growth going forward that's uh, coming up in the relatively near future. So I like their diversity of businesses. There's certainly higher risk than a name like Verizon or something like that. Um, but uh, we like AT&T, but understand that it's not a low risk investment at this point and you need to be uh, where you need to, you need to be cognizant of that this isn't like a name that uh, you're you're guaranteed to hold up in, in a mar any market uh, they certainly have risk to what, what I would call business execution the uh, integration of all their recent acquisitions and being able to do that in a time where the economy is weakening uh, and the the tech industry is is evolving uh, and they got to pay out this 6.6 percent dividend uh, and they do have a hefty de debt load. So be cognizant of that, but we still like AT&T. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call, Mike. No problem. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and our Monday show is wrapping up soon. We still have about 10 minutes left in the program. Remember, we keep our anytime listener line open around the clock, so you can call now or later and leave your investing question. But at the moment, we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART.
On the next Invest Talk, medical expenses are pushing more baby boomers into poverty. That story tomorrow. But now, Justin's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to James in Sonoma. You're asking about SPYD, correct? Yes, SPYD. I'm looking for a place to uh, sort of hide out. I've owned it for years. I own some of it now, but since I have extra money now, I'd rather be, I figured I'd just hide out there. It's mostly got real estate and, uh, and uh, yeah. you know, things, uh, things along those lines. Real estate, utilities, consumer discretionary. Consumer staples. Yep. It doesn't have yeah. a lot of tech. And I've heard your tirade on tech, so I got I got that message. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, and if you're watching on our YouTube live stream, you'll see I do have Y charts up, and there's a, a sector breakdown. Oh, yeah, only 6% of the portfolio is in tech, and you know there are some tech names that do pay dividends. Uh, this is the S&P 500 High Dividend Yield ETF. So it's concentrating utilities, 21.5% utilities, 22% in real estate, so probably REITs, and consumer defense, defensive, 11.5%. Uh, it's, uh, some in all the all the different sectors, but all single digits. So, uh, but over half is compiled between consumer defensive technology, or, or real estate, and utilities, and that's a good thing. Uh, now, what I don't like is that these are all going to be S and P 500 companies, and we are not only are we in a tech bubble, we are in an indexing bubble, which means that these indexes are going to fall under the weight of themselves. Meaning, when they go down, people. People are going to panic that don't understand the volatility of the markets. They've been used to low volatility of the markets, and suddenly we're having normal volatility in the market. And they're going, they're going to liquidate their positions, whether that's an SPY or uh, uh, S&P 500 uh, fund in their in their 401k, etc. And that's going to put. Guess what? When they sell that, when they redeem, all of the stocks in the SP 500 have to be sold. Certain percentage of them, right? So. There's going to be weight on all of them, and these are all once again any all these holdings are going to be S and P 500 holdings, and so that worries me the most. Now, is this going to hold up better than the overall market? Sure. Like I said, it's half of it's in three sectors that I would be looking at right now. But does that mean it can't go down? Absolutely not. You're not you're not going to be hiding out. Well, I was, that's what I was looking for, a place to hide here, but it doesn't look like that's going to work. Well, it, well, like I said, it's, it, you'll, you'll, you'll go down less in the market, but is it going to go up? No, it's not going to go up. It's going to continue to go down, just not quite as fast as the overall market. Thanks for the call, James. 888 chart 888-992-4278. I'm going to get quickly to, before we close for the day, about the junk bond market. Uh, and just the corporate bond market in general. I've talked recently uh, for a while now about okay, where is the next where the next problem is going to lie? And you know, last time it was real estate. Uh, previous cycle for that was tech, and now we kind of have. Uh, to me, it's the corporate bond market is at the top. You now tech is right below it when it comes to the frothiness, but. The credit spreads were at very record lows for a long, long time, meaning the premium that high-yield bonds were trading above treasuries were 300, 300 basis points even lower for a, for a long time, and that is near record lows, which means people are taking a lot of risk for just incremental 
yield in their bonds. Okay, and that is starting to change. The credit spread has gone from three to now 4.12. Okay, so over 400 basis points is the widest level since December 2016. A lot of it has to do with oil prices dropping. Uh, you have names like GE that have been downgraded. That really shouldn't be even investment grade. They'll eventually go to junk as well. Uh, and and just people are realizing that there is, we're probably headed for a recession in the next year or two, and they're redeeming some of the higher risk credits in their portfolio. And this is usually kind of the canary in the coal mine for the overall market, right? The, the, the market cycle is just a credit cycle. Credit is either loose or it's tight. And guess what? Credit is becoming tighter. And I think it would be considered tight now. Um, a year ago, it was more neutral. And now after, what was it, three going on four rate hikes this year, it's now tight, uh, and that's why I don't think the Fed's going to tighten again next year, at least uh, not three times. Maybe they'll do it once or twice, but not three times. So that's really where you're seeing uh, a good indication that things in this market are changing, and the Fed is a lot closer to the end of its tightening cycle. I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I think thank you for your loyal support and questions. Now, for podcast listeners, you'll be learning much more about why charts, as I showed on our YouTube live uh, streaming channel just today and you can get more uh, learn more about it and get a free trial by going to investtalk.com you'll see the link there to get that free trial and you're going to discount if you mention investtalk Steve and I use Y charts every day now have a great evening thank you for listening good night because of nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.